1991, in the Atlantic Ocean off the eastern coast of the United States, a fishing boat was caught in a freak collision of three violent storms. One of the three storms was Hurricane Grace. This true story was chronicled in a book and made into a movie entitled The Perfect Storm. If you were one of the crew on that boat, one can only imagine the thoughts going through their heads, feelings of helplessness, the wind and the waves totally beyond control. The boat was out of control. They had a sense of desperation and fear. Thoughts of family and wives back home. Will I ever see them again? Am I going to die? If I die, what then? Will it hurt to die? Can I possibly survive? Maybe this storm will blow over. Maybe they had thoughts of regret that haunted some facing the possibility of death, the what-ifs, the if-only-I-had. Those thoughts and feelings the men might have had on that fateful voyage in the perfect storm, we can only suppose, since they never did return. Well, there's another group of men whose lives were in similar danger in a perfect storm. Wind, waves, their boat was being swamped, they were afraid they were going to die. This was not in 1991, but in A.D. 31. It was not in the Atlantic Ocean, but in Palestine, on the Sea of Galilee. Today, we're going to look at the perfect storm as we read in Luke 8, 22 through 25. Let's join them. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down in the lake so that their boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Our country is in a storm today. It's not a literal storm, but a crisis, a health crisis like which we have never faced before. To date, the coronavirus pandemic has sickened 620,000 people worldwide with almost 29,000 deaths. Here in America, it's sickened over 105,000 people and has killed thousands. It's an incredible storm through which we are all living. I hope that we can take some encouragement today from this passage in the book of Luke. When we look at the book of Luke, Luke, the author, included this story for a reason. You have to ask the question, why this story? Now, most of us are not fishermen, at least professional fishermen. The area of Seattle where Judy and I pastored was called Ballard, and it had a heritage of fishing. Fishermen that goes back at least 100 years. And the city of Ballard has lost her share of husbands, fathers, and sons to the sea. They understand or understood. But how is this relevant to us in Wisconsin today? You know, in Wisconsin, we fish for sport. We may ice fish for a hobby. And some have only a real scare in a squall or two while on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Well, all of us experience storms, perhaps storms of a different kind. We're in a storm as a nation. Or they are personal storms, which 
which, which we are blown around by forces out of our control. We're beaten by waves of circumstances that toss us up and down. Our boat, or whatever we ride in that provides our security, somehow seems really, really small. Our circumstances all of a sudden are out of our control, and we have feelings of helplessness, fear, despair, and desperation. We wonder if we can survive as we struggle against all odds to battle the forces around us. And we ask, where is God? Does he know? Does he even care? And if he does know and care, can he even do anything about it? Is he asleep? These are different storms. They, they can be relationship storms, a family, marriage, jobs and job losses, your employment, maybe health crises, financial things, cars breaking down, kids that are sick, elderly parents that are being threatened by the coronavirus, the coronavirus pandemic that we're experiencing right now. What storm are you in today? I want us to look at five perfect storm facts. Five perfect storm facts. And in the final analysis, we'll ask with the disciples, not why, because we usually ask why, but we're going to ask who. Who is this? We're going to talk about God today as the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit, inseparable from Jesus. Jesus, as God, came to demonstrate who God is. And I want to use God and Jesus interchangeably. Five perfect storm facts. And I hope that in the middle of your storm, whether it's the, the biggest issue right now, the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, or if there are other issues that come out of that storm, that you will find encouragement today. Fact number one, God knows. God knows. Jesus allows us to enter those storms because, and God knows. Do you think Jesus didn't know the weather forecast? I've always thought if I was to do it all over again, I, I would be a weatherman, a meteorologist, because there's no other profession in which you can be wrong about 50% of the time and still be admired, respected, and actually make a good living. Did Jesus not know the forecast? I mean, he knew the storm was coming, yet he sent those guys out onto the lake, and it was a, it's a big lake. I've been on it. They were out in this big lake called the Sea of Galilee in a small boat, knowing that this was going to happen. Jesus actually initiated it. He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Why? Why did Jesus do that? The only way he could teach his followers who he was was to enter an impossible situation, something they could not handle on their own, to demonstrate who he was. God allows us, even leads us into storms, impossible situations beyond our control to show us who he is. Have you ever been sent into a storm? Maybe that's what you feel like now. It's, uh, you're in the storm now. Not a literal storm, but this storm of circumstances. Winds produce waves and they produce obstacles. And you may have winds that are causing your waves today. You may be feeling like the followers of Jesus with in fear, a lot of fear today, desperation, helplessness. Some people are actually afraid of death. God knows. The starting point is God knows. This storm is not to show what God could do. God can do anything. This storm was to show who God is. God knows. The second fact is not only does God know, but God goes. God goes. Jesus goes with us into our storms. 
God knows demonstrates Jesus' deity. God goes demonstrates Jesus' humanity. God goes where people are. In the ultimate sense, he sent Jesus who became one of us. So he could go where we go. He could experience what we experience. When I was a kid, I was fascinated by something called an ant farm. An ant farm. I don't know how many of you ever had an ant farm as a kid. The ant farm is kind of like an aquarium. It's like a fish tank with no fish. It's skinny and has sand instead of water. Instead of fish, you had ants. Other than that, it's just like a fish tank. An ant farm was a narrow container with clear glass on both sides, and it was filled with sand. And the ants would do then, what they would do then is dig tunnels, make rooms, carry food. They'd do everything ants do right in front of your eyes. And I thought it would be awesome if I could be an ant and crawl around through all those tunnels. Well, in the same way, God looked down at us in our ant farm. He decided to do just that, become one of us. He shuffled around in our dirt for 33 years. God goes. He became one of us. He came to be with us. It's a, and this is a great picture of God's human side. Jesus was God, but Jesus was also human. He was tired from teaching all day, praying all night, healing sick people. He was tired. He went to the back of the boat to take a nap. I don't know about you. I like naps. But this is a picture of God sleeping. Jesus sleeping, the human side. God goes. See, it's really important for me to have a God who understands what it's like to be tired. A God who understands what it's like to be in a storm. Whether it's my storms, my temptations, my emotional distress, my fears, my physical tiredness, fatigue, and burnout. I don't know if you have experienced during this this pandemic, but everything seems to be stressed. Everything is harder. Everything causes fatigue. It's like I'm just a lot tireder. Jesus experienced that kind of thing. In Hebrews, it says he was tempted in all things as we were, yet without sin. And because God goes, because Jesus goes, because he could enter the storm with his followers, feel the wind, feel the waves, learn their fear, he could do that because he was human and he can feel what you feel. He feels what we feel. Jesus is able to do what he does because he knows how we feel. He became one of us. God goes with us into the storms. But he was asleep. Some people say he was asleep. I don't know if you ever feel like God is asleep. Jesus is asleep. He was asleep on the low bench in the stern of the ship where the steersmen sometimes took a nap. Jesus rested in peace and slept in the middle of this perfect storm, not because he knew what he was going to do, but because of who he was. He was sovereign king, lord over nature. What did he have to fear? He was boss. In our storms, our impossible circumstances, we tend to think about what God is going to do, how he's going to deliver us. We figure out the solution, tell God, and then wait for God to perform it for us, trusting in what God is going to do, when actually we should be trusting simply in who he is. Rest in the fact of who he is. We want Jesus to do. He just is. Rest in the fact that he is present, always in the middle of the storm. Uh, one song says it this way. It says, sometimes Jesus calms the storm. 
Sometimes he calms his child. God, I just want to be with you. Storm or no storm, call me in the middle of my storm simply because you are here. God, I just want to be with you. And honestly, we are much more aware of God's presence with us when we're in the storm than we are on sailing on calm waters with blue sky. God's presence is far more real in the storms. In the calm, we forget he's in the boat because we don't need him, or so we think we don't. In this circumstances, we find ourselves in as a country, as a nation, a city, a county. We realize we need God. So God knows God goes. In fact, number three, God hears. God hears. Jesus hears our cries for help. We have a God who hears our prayers. Our religion is the only belief system in the world that believes in a loving, benevolent God who hears us when we pray. We don't have to work it, convince it, shout, connive, manipulate, or bribe, or buy off our God. We pray he hears, he answers. In this story, the boat was being swamped, meaning it was filled with water. It's a big problem. I don't know how many of you have been in a swamped boat, uh, but when I taught water safety, working with lifeguards, I would make my students fill a rowboat or canoe with water on purpose to show that you can still stay afloat and you can paddle forward even if the boat is swamped. Well, that that's fine when it's calm, <laughs> when you have calm water. In a storm, you get a swamp boat, it'll sink. These men were in very real danger. They were experienced fishermen, and they were absolutely terrified. They said, we're going to drown. And Jesus hears. Jesus hears. He doesn't minimize the seriousness of the storm. He does not minimize the danger they're in. But he does question their faith. <clears throat> Master, we're about to drown. Drown and, and Mark 4 says, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? I don't know if you've ever said that to God. Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm about to go bankrupt? Don't you care that I'm out of work right now? Don't you care my marriage is, is suffering? Don't you care that I'm sick? I might be dying. Don't you care about my depression? Don't you care? They cried out to Jesus, don't you care? And he answers, where's your faith? What's faith got to do with it? That, that would have been my question. Well, <laughs> faith is looking at God. Faith is looking at Jesus, seeing that Jesus has the solution. He is the solution. Unfaith is looking at the storm. Can't see Jesus for the storm. Faith is looking at Jesus. God hears. The fourth fact is God cares. God cares. How do I know? Because Jesus calms our storm. Jesus calms our storms. What did, the Jesus, what did the disciples expect Jesus to do? Certainly not what he did. He got up and, and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided and all was, came, uh, was calm. How did Jesus do that? Because of who he was, he spoke. Because of who he was, he spoke. It's God's word. How did the universe, the world, the planets, the stars and constellations and galaxies all begin? God spoke. God spoke. Jesus was and is God. God spoke. What do we look at on a daily basis? What do we have in front of us? God's word. Because God speaks. 
I encourage all people to have a Bible and get into it, read it, highlight it, make notes in it, mark it up. It's God's word. Use it. We can allow God to speak to us every day, even in our storms, and especially in our storms if we read his word. One of the most important times of our week is when we come together to meet with God and worship and hear from his word, the Bible. We should never miss a day of reading the Bible. And if you have extra time because you're quarantined or you're stuck at home or you can't go anywhere, pull out the Bible. Spend time in reading. You've got lots of time right now. And he's got something to say every day, every day. Jesus spoke and there was instant calm. Instant calm. This was not an ordinary passing of a storm. This was a miracle. It was instant calm. If it was anything slower, it would not have impressed these experienced fishermen. And the reaction of the disciples demonstrates the dramatic nature of what happened. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? Who is this? They were terror-stricken, almost more frightened after the miracle than before the miracle. They had seen a lot of storms come and go on this lake, but this was different. I wish that Jesus would always just instantly calm our storms. Yeah, he doesn't always work that way. Sometimes he allows storms to develop. Wouldn't it have been great if the men could have just been at peace in the middle of the storm just because Jesus was there? Because Jesus was in, in control? How can we be at peace without calm? There aren't a lot of times in our life where we have peace in the middle of storms. We like peace in calm, but sometimes we have, have to be at peace without the calm. Jesus was. His disciples could be too. Are you? Jesus rebukes these guys. He says, where's your faith? Well, I lost it back a few waves. <laughs> he implies that the disciples ought not to have been terrified. They should have trusted him. And he says to us today, in the middle of our crazy storm, where is your faith? I had it a minute ago. I guess guess I left it in the car. I left it at church. Or I left it, yeah, yeah. Where is your faith? God knows. God goes. God hears. And God cares. And finally, God proves. God proves. Jesus proves he is God. Jesus proves he is God. Jesus proves he's in control. This person, Jesus, whom we study in the New Testament and the Old Testament, all the Bible, proves himself to be both human and God. Jesus came to reveal who God was and acted to teach us who God was and to bring us into a relationship with him. He demonstrated the humanity of Jesus because he slept, and he demonstrated his deity because he calmed the storm. God, man, God who became one of us. Luke included this account to tell us some things. The disciples' response was not to say, Awesome! How did he do that? Can you show me how? The disciples didn't even ask, What happened? Or, What is this? This was not a what question. They said, Who? is this? Who is this? This was a who question. 
He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Who is this? That same Jesus is alive today. And we have the same power available to us to be calm in the middle of this storm. A perfect storm. We're dealing with a worldwide storm, a pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic. There is a lot of fear out there. You wonder, how close can I get to someone as I walk past? Or you get a sniffle, you start coughing, you say, oh no, I must have COVID-19. And it is serious. How do we deal with safe at home, with isolation, with quarantines, being stuck in the house with family for hours and days on end? What storm are you in today? Usually we're in one of three places. We're in one of three places. We're in the middle of a storm. We're coming out of a storm. Or we're going into a storm. God knows. God goes. God hears. God cares. And God proves himself over and over again. Who is this? Father, we just uh, come to you today and we just thank you that we can know who you are and because of who you are, what you can do. And Father, every person listening, every person listening today is in a different place, but most likely they're affected in some way by this pandemic. And I pray, God, that first of all, you would speak to them about who you are, that you are in control and that you care you hear, and you prove yourself faithful day in and day out. Lord, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how we're going to be affected personally, how it affects our family. We've seen many effects economically. Many people are, are dealing with unemployment, with financial issues. And I know we, we are grateful for the government help. But that's not the total answer. We need you. And I pray, Lord, today that you would inspire us to pray and that you would turn people's hearts to you, the God of the universe, the God-man who demonstrates who you are. And the people in this crisis would not turn simply to the government or our solutions or our academics, scientists, and all of those things, but that ultimately we would turn to you. I pray for peace, Lord, for our people that they would sense your presence no matter where they are. And God, that your supernatural peace would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen.